Welcome to Strategy Talk, where the contributors to StrategyPage.com discuss news as history and give you a unique view of events around the world. I'm Dan Masterson, publisher of StrategyPage.com, your host. Today we'll be talking to Austin Bay and Al Nelfi. Austin Bay is an author, columnist, and blogger. His blog can be found at AustinBay.net. Al Nelfi is a military analyst, military historian, and author. Al compiles and writes our popular CIC section on the site. Welcome, Austin and Al. Uh, recently, Austin, you've written an article about the Hungarian Revolution, the failed Hungarian Revolution. Could you tell us a little bit about that and why that's important for today? Yeah, I, I want to uh, tell our, uh, our, our listeners, Al is a real expert uh, on on this, uh, and he's Al's also had, uh, <laughs> had a, a close personal and certainly intellectual friendship with General Bela Karai, who was the uh, military leader of the uh, Hungarian uh, Revolution. I got to meet uh, General Karai through throughout. So you're we're going to be able to talk about many things from uh, the. And a really inside any inside perspective because uh, I heard I had the benefit thanks to Al of of hearing General Karai talk about many of the events uh, in uh, October early November of 1956. What I'll just say, Dan, to, to lay uh, lay this out is that uh, the army stopped. Our, uh, the Western armies and the uh, Russian army, Germany, is divided. The Iron Curtain falls, as, as, as Churchill says, and that Iron Curtain really is Stalinism. Um, the, there were many nationalist movements, as Al's going to cover it. Some of them are socialists. Some of them were, uh, had a, a communist ideology that took over uh, Eastern European governments initially, and then the, the uh, Russians imposed the, uh, the, cho the, cho the choice that was imposed on the country. Was the government that Joseph Stalin uh, uh, preferred? Uh, he and uh, Stalin's paranoia and megalomania are uh, his, historical fact. In the case of uh, Hungary, it's, I think it's 1950. Al can correct me if I, I'm uh, I'm wrong on that. That's when uh, Rakosi takes uh, uh, takes power, and Rakosi in Hungary is uh, a. Uh, <laughs> To call him a Stalinist stooge, I think, is a fair way to uh, mm -hmm. put it. He certainly acts on. Uh, Al seemed to agree with that. Yeah, he, mm -hmm. he really was, mm -hmm. and he, he builds his own he, his his own secret police force. Uh, I've read in you know some uh, some analyses uh, since uh, the end of the Cold War that he had uh, the same kind of. Of fear that uh, Romania's Nicolae Ceausescu did with his, and so he's, he's got his own uh, own secret policemen. Of course, they're in constant contact with with uh, with Moscow, but it's he's he's an oppressor and Hungarian oppressor acting on behalf of Stalin. Well, we Charlie Fourth through uh, 1953 when Stalin dies, and 1956 is when Khrushchev decides. To quote unquote destalinize. It's destalinization mm -hmm. is a slow process, but Khrushchev gives his speech to the um, uh, uh, central com uh, central committee, the 
leadership within the Soviet Union. It uh, gets out one of the things the Russians know very much, uh, very very clearly, is that they're disliked in Eastern Europe, but particularly disliked in Hungary, and that is in part because of, of, of Rakosi. And you will see uh, numbers. I used 200,000 Hungarians imprisoned or murdered in my recent uh, Creator Syndicate column that's uh, up on on the uh, strategy page, uh, murdered or imprisoned by his state protection authority, which is what you call it. You'll, you'll see 250,000, too. No one exactly knows, even though going through the uh, post, uh, you know, post-Cold War, uh, having access to it, uh, probably 250,000 may be a maybe a, a justified uh, a justified figure. I just went with uh, you know, 200,000 is bad is bad enough. So it, it, that that registers with how uh, the oppression, uh, the anger in Hungary. Uh, Moscow basically calls Rokosi on the uh, carpet in the summer of 56 and replaces him. And he replaces him with a man whose uh, name is uh, Imre Nage. Uh, Nage is a communist, but he is a nationalist communist. He said, uh, Al and I chatted briefly. And if you remember the Czechoslovakia is Alexander Dubček. Nage is out of, uh, Dubček's out of, out of the Nage, Nage mold. And that was a, uh, the Czech. Uh, uh, Prague Spring was crushed, not as bloodily as as the uh, Hungarian uh, Revolution. So that that's the setup, and Nage goes about doing something that just throws Moscow for a loop. He starts investigating the crimes committed by Rakosi's uh, government and Rakosi's secret uh, secret police. So Nage is removed. Now they've the Hungarians have had a brief taste uh, of a government that is a Hungarian government that's not going to oppress them. And uh, in uh, September to the middle of October, the student movement, primarily in, in Budapest, but there's, there's support throughout, the, uh, throughout the, the, the country for returning days to power. And uh, then we move forward to the uh, demonstrations of October 23rd, um, uh, they, they, they become the source of what becomes uh, 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 the, uh, the, the revolt. When the Russians shoot on uh, unarmed demonstrators in uh, the middle of Budapest, uh, it, uh, as I said, blood is literally in the streets, and uh, General Karai leading the Hungarian National Guard manages to fight Russian forces. This is the last few days of October 1956 to a stand a stalemate, standstill. It, it's a city fight, and uh, there are plenty of Hungarian veterans of World War II that know how to fight in a in a city against uh, against armor. Uh, that's I'm adding the uh, tactical and operational uh, uh, point there. Uh, there's even on October 30th, uh, Georgi Zukov, the uh, great uh, Russian World War II. Uh, uh, a general uh, is, tells uh, is, says in Moscow, maybe we should withdraw because he, yeah, there's no reason he doesn't think the Hungarians are really going to rebel against uh, against Russia, but to, to, to keep Russian troops uh, in in Budapest and in in conflict 
uh, even though there's a ceasefire, I don't say that ceasefire, I think it takes place on October 28th. But he says, you know, let's, mm-hmm. we can, this doesn't have to be a complete mess. Unfortunately, some radicals in, in Hungary, whether it's understandable or not, uh, I think Al will ratify this. The individuals they pulled out of the secret police headquarters, actually Communist Party headquarters with a secret police office there uh, as well in Budapest, and they executed them in the street. Uh, they murdered them. The, the, uh, uh, the, the rebels did, but they, as far as they were concerned, they were murdering mur- murderers. But uh, that's uh, what kept it in Moscow and on the November the 1st, uh, 1956. Russia begins mm-hmm. to reinforce its its units uh, in Hungary, but it's also, especially in Budapest, and uh, by really by the fourth of November, the fourth of November uh, was is when Russia counterattacks, and you'll see some very uh, not counterattacks, I should say, goes in, in for a heavy offensive to stop the revolution and destroy it, and. By the effectively by the eighth, certainly by the ninth, you'll see some history say tenth November the revolution is 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 crushed. And uh, before I turn it over to Al, one of the remarkable stories. Nage is arrested. Uh, I think it's November twenty second, uh, and because he's been uh, he's he goes into hiding. I think in the Yugoslavian uh, embassy. And I am doing some of this from uh, from, uh, from memory. These are th- not things I had in my. Uh, uh, in my in my column, but it's it, it is the Yugoslavian uh, embassy, and uh, he's arrested, uh, a later tried and hung as a, as a traitor. But General Karad and around three thousand of his uh, fighters managed to well, slip out of Budapest and conduct a fighting retreat. It's a withdrawal, but a retreat to the Austrian border. And uh, I suppose one way to put it is they have the old Austro-Hungarian uh, empire uh, access to some degree. Uh, as I heard General Fry, I asked him, I asked him, I said, sir, did the, did the Austrians just let you come across? And he had a little glint in his eye and he actually kind of winked at me. And, and basically he said, Oh, there were arrangements. We went right through the wire. <laughs> no, I actually heard him. <laughs> and that's, that's a, that's almost a, du- a direct quote of the way he put it. Uh, put, uh, put it, put it one, uh, uh, one time. Yes, of course. There was a deal, uh, a deal made and they, they, they came across. Ultimately, there were about 200,000, uh, refugees from Hungary. But th- this, those 3,000 men in general, uh, being chased by two Russian tanks. Uh, they got away. So uh, there's. Uh, I'll turn it over to Al. Uh, so Al, give us your perspective, having known some of the people that were actually involved in the revolt, and maybe ask the question: Did they actually have a chance of succeeding? Um, well, I think I think the even before asking the succeeding question is. Did they intend to revolt? Um, you know, Hungary's had a very strange history, and even under the uh, the Horthy regime, which we tend to think of as a as a dictatorship, uh, there were elections. There were real elections. the The only party that was flat out banned were the communists. Uh, now, most of the parties were conservative. Uh, in fact, the first um, 
first prime minister of the, the so-called Hungarian People's Republic, which was established in 1949, was a representative of the the, the smallholders small party, I guess would be the English equivalent, you know, the, the small farmers, and uh, which uh, morphed into a sort of a, a lower middle class, uh, sort of small farmers and entrepreneurs, you know, party. And he eventually gave way to Rokosi, and um, and then the, then there were the successive changes, uh, you know, until Imre Naj came in. Uh, so the, this guy had actually served in the army during the war against Russia. Now, he'd been thrown in jail several times by Horte, you know, for being a little too radical in, during the Horte regime. But when World War, when Hungary joined World War II, he was a reservist and he got called up and he did his bit, you know. So um, he wasn't exactly an arch conservative and he wasn't exactly a, a radical leftist. He was, you know, somewhat left of center, which was okay up to a point in, in Hungary. Uh, we have to remember that Hungary attained independence in, uh, you know, from the Austro Hungarian Empire in 1919. And in, you know, they in the empire, they've been somewhat autonomous and not very happy for about 50 years. 50, well, about 40 years, uh, 50 years up to that point. Uh, and before that, they had just been subject to the emperor, um, who technically was king of Hungary and didn't really notice that much. So, you know, their history of independence is only 20 years when the Second World War comes along. And they, uh, they have hostile relations with all their neighbors, except Austria. Well, even a little bit with Austria, uh, because of the lands inhabited by Hungarians in every other country. I mean, Hungary, on the eve of the Second World War, was something like 90 odd percent Hungarian, which is extraordinary for, for an Eastern European country. But it only included about 70 percent of all the Hungarians, because there were some living in Czechoslovakia and some living in Romania and some living in Serbia, well, Yugoslavia. Uh, and not necessarily treated very well. Hungary is actually the only country that that didn't gain anything from the war, uh, in, you know, in, in the peace settlement. So they go into the Second World War. Uh, or they, well, I, I guess he, he he had a choice. He could either go to war with Russia or be invaded by Germany. I'm not sure that that was a very good choice. Uh, he. Uh, and of course, they get defeated. Uh, he's looking for a way out. Beginning in about uh, in, in forty-four, he's been looking for a way out for a while. But in forty-four, things begin to come together. Hitler gets wind of this, stages a coup, and arrests Horte and Horte's son and some other notables and stashes them in some castle somewhere. Uh, whereupon, uh, a major army goes over to the Russians. Uh, Bela Karai was at the time a uh, uh, brigade major commanding uh, one of the Hungarian uh, uh, second in command in effect of one of the Hungarian brigades fighting on the Eastern Front they'd already been in contact with the Russian uh, sites so they um, 
and presumably the same thing happened uh, in other brigades. Basically, called a meeting of the senior, you know, the, the officers of the brigade, and said, as of such and such an hour, we're going to have a uh, ceasefire with the Russians, and uh, discuss what we're going to do about the fact that Hitler has taken over our country. Uh, only one officer objected, and he was never heard from again. Apparently, there had been this long resistance in the Hungarian army to uh, some of the policies of the Germans. Uh, Jews had a relatively good status in Hungary because under the empire, uh, they were counted as Hungarians. Yes, they were Jewish, but they were Hungarians. And you needed to make sure that you had a lot of Hungarians in order to have some political clout in the empire. So most Jews in Hungary were counted as Hungarian. And uh, Bela himself had been involved in an incident in which the Germans, well, the Germans pressured the government of Hungary to the point where um, Jewish soldiers were, were grouped into battalions, uh, non-combatant, you know, combat support, like engineers and stuff. And they had, they got all to ship this um, engineer battalion to a place, and they knew what that meant, especially the orders said that you don't have to send this. So they fought this bureaucratic battle, you know, what do you mean we don't have to send the officers? And they'd cite all the regulations about you can't transfer troops without their commanders and stuff, you know. And meanwhile, uh, meanwhile they had all these guys desert. Um, so they had this trouble. You know. So the end of the war, you do have a Hungarian army fighting alongside the Russians, and very relatively few Hungarians stick with uh, the Germans, although some. And post-war, the the army is the Hungarian army. It's called the Hungarian army. Most of these guys are not fighting, you know, they were fighting against Hitler, and that was okay. Uh, and the Stalin began to um, uh, communize the army. That really doesn't get going until uh, until about well, Rakosi's regime, which comes in in the early 50s, 1950, uh, 1950. Uh, 52, 52 is when he becomes the chairman of the Council of Ministers. Uh, but of course, the, they'd already been infiltrating people into all sorts of other um, posts. Uh, this is what gets Bela chucked into jail because uh, he's resisting the replacement of some officers merely because he was then the uh, the chief of infantry and technically the senior officer in the Hungarian army. Uh, and uh, they were, you know, as, as they were trying to communize the army, they were trying to replace officers with poor credentials. Uh, on the communism, so Bela got chucked into jail uh, and sentenced to death, actually. Uh, but Stalin died, and Rakosi, I think, issued, actually issued a uh, um, an amnesty. So, um, so Bela was was um, not an amnesty, a commutation. And so Bela was on in jail. So meanwhile, this is you know, Naj comes to power uh, the first time. Then he's he's out for a little while, and then he comes to power again. He's in power in 53 to 55, and then he, he's tossed out in 55 for a more, more, more palatable guy to the, to the Soviets. Um, remember, the, the Soviets are having problems right now. This is, uh, 
uh, power struggle going on. Stalin's dead. And he dies in, um, uh, was it mid, mid, uh, mid 55? No, mid 53? I can't remember the date. It's in 53, Alan. Yeah, it's in 53. And, um, um, so there's a power struggle going on in Russia. These guys are not sure what's going to happen. Uh, now that Stalin's gone, you know, what happens? No, nobody wants a Stalinist regime, in, even the Russians. Um, but this empire that Stalin has built is a nice thing to have, so they want to sort of keep that while, um, you know, sort of juggling things out and, and, uh, Nage wants to institute some reforms. Now he's not a, he's not a, 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 a capitalist. You know, uh, but he is a, he is a, a believer in democratic socialism. And, um, uh, so there's these relatively minor reforms that, that, um, get the Soviets very nervous. And uh, and then I th- I think the big mistake he makes is uh, uh, deciding to pull out of the Warsaw Pact, which which is which was relatively recently formed. Uh, now it's hard to say, you know, did he did he want a neutral Hungary, which is probably what he wanted, but uh, you know, how, how do how do you how do you sort of Reconcile this with a with a communist regime, uh, and I, you know there are the stories about the CIA making broadcasts encouraging the Hungarians to revolt. Um, well, there are some broadcasts. Uh, I'm not sure that they're actually encouraging them. More like cheering, you know. Hey, yes, this is a good thing, but you know, does that mean? Let, let, let me help? let me inject something. Yeah. I think it's Radio Free Europe, Radio yeah. R- <coughs> Radio Liberty, and there's a lot of there is a lot of contention over it, but it was I, I, I think of having <coughs> excuse me read uh, some of the uh, parts at least uh, one of the broadcasts. It sounds more like elation that there's this action going on in Budapest. Yeah, that I think that's yeah. a better way to frame it. But yeah. there are some indications in there if you if you're if you want to be encouraged and you're a you know 19 year old. Uh, angry student in Budapest, you'll find it there. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, the um, um, there's, there's a lot of sort of wheels. The cogs are sort of strange. Uh, um, we we made a mistake in 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 equating communist communists with Stalinists and. Um, we figured it out with, uh, uh, with Tito, but we missed the boat on a couple of other guys, um, and we might we might have you know had 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 a better time if we just said, well, yeah, he's a communist, but he's our communist, you know, because um, any regime, uh, I mean, Tito was actually this the more staunch communist than Stalin. But he was a nationalist before he was a communist, and so he, you know, the 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 break with Stalin was over over nationalism and not ideo- you know, ideology. Uh, 
you know, it's a period of great confusion. Uh, Churchill always thought we, we, we missed the boat uh, when Stalin died. Uh, he, he, he suggested to Eisenhower that, that they go to Moscow for the funeral. Not, you know, not, not, not to celebrate communism, so to speak, but to honor the guy who, uh, you know, to honor the Russians for fighting the Germans. And Eisenhower said, you're out of your mind, I'll lose the next election. And which was probably true if he had done that, you know. Um, so, um, uh, you know, these, these, these are all little things going on. But I do think, um, you know, there's, there's, um, it, it felt like encouragement. There was an underground that certainly wanted to, um, uh, uh, break completely with, with Russia, which Naj was probably not, uh, enthusiastic about. Uh, and then you get the student demonstrations in the streets. And the, the the Russians made the mistake of intervening in the, so, and get beat. This um, I remember reading the paper at the Times, and turns out that the T thirty four was extraordinarily vulnerable to the Molotov cocktail, uh, and the Russians. Instead of you know relying on police forces and whatnot, sent tanks into the streets, so people started throwing Molotov cocktails, which was not good. And um, and then they withdrew from Budapest, but not from all of Hungary. They still had some garrisons left in Hungary. Uh, this is a time when Bale is let out of jail, uh, and he was very care. He he wants talked about how he was very careful because he, he had no idea who was who. And so he, he, gathered, he managed to gather together a few people that he knew were reliable, uh, both as bodyguards and staff officers, and resumed the control of the army. Uh, I can't think of uh, the exact sequence of events now. Uh, hold on a second. I need my outline, my timeline here. If I don't, uh, because we get down to a, you know, it's only, it's only like a two week, uh, uh, it's only like a two week uh, period in which all this stuff unfolds. And, um, where's the chronology here? No, Al, it's, it is, yeah. it's, it depends on how you count it. It's yeah. anywhere from 14 to 16, 17 days. That's your, you know, your, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, the 23rd is when basically the people take to the streets. 23rd of October, right? Um, That's correct. There, there was the announcements the day before by some of these student activists that they were going to hold a demonstration on the 23rd. So it yeah. really begins on the 20, begins on the 23rd. Yeah. And um, the, um, you know, the Russians are basically, you know, their, their initial, um, um, their initial, Few days is is a very peaceful, enthusiastic. It's almost like the um, um, the color the color revolutions. You know, um, there isn't much violent stuff happening. A little bit, you know, uh, until the Russian the, until the Russians uh, uh, decide to uh, become a, become ah Stalin dies in March, right? 
So this is already, this is six months after Stalin dies. So that's, that's an important um, element. And, um, I'm sorry, this is, uh, no, this is, this is two three years, and a half, three and a half years, years yeah. after he dies. Yeah. After he dies. This is about six months after the Warsaw Pact is formed, if I remember. Um, and, and, it's, all, uh, it's all within about five months of the signs of destalinization in, yeah. uh, in Moscow. That's what yes. you're after about the. Uh, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, a lot of it is just people going, first few days, it's people going around smashing the statues and stuff. The Soviets, um, begin moving, you know, stuff in. There is a garrison in Hungary, um, but there still isn't a, a direct confrontation. Um, and then Naj is made prime minister again, and uh, he actually is broadcasting, you know, hey, folks, uh, you know, as calm things keep calm down and so on, you know. Um, there were, um, I mean, the Soviets were being, well, were being intimidating, but they weren't using violence too much, and, and some of the troops were actually fraternizing. Uh, but after about two or three days, mass protests, um, mass protests began, and then, uh, was on the second or the third day, 25th, uh, some shots are fired by somebody at some Soviet troops. Well, some some shots are fired by somebody. It's one of those, it's one of those historical incidents, you know, like, like Lexington. A shot was fired. And nobody knows who fired the shot. Uh, and nobody knows who, fi- who was fired at. But Soviet troops began, re- began assume, assume that the fire was uh, directed at them. And, you know, pretty soon you had, uh, Hungarian soldiers firing at the Soviet troops and Soviet troops firing back and then uh, the mass uprising of people, uh, you know, began bombing Soviet tanks with uh, uh, Molotov cocktails, uh, uh, attempt by Naj to restructure the government and, you know, make peace. Bail is let out of the um, uh, jail. He takes control of the army. Um, there's uh, uh, still restraint. The, the army overruns the uh, uh, Communist Party headquarters, for example. And some troops get out of hand and, and shoot a lot of communists, um, which probably wasn't a good idea. But they did release a lot of uh, um political prisoners. Uh, in fact, there were some cases where they couldn't find the political prisoners because, the, if I remember correctly, uh, the secret, this, this, the, the communist secret police had jails so well hidden that prisoners starved to death. You know, over the week or so. Uh, but um, so the Soviet units begin to pull out uh, after about four or five days, uh, what, the 28th, maybe the 29th, something like that. And 
And uh, you know, not just in Budapest, but in other parts of the country. Though uh, in some areas you do get people supporting the, uh, uh, the communists, especially communists, obviously, and uh, police units, some of them uh, join, join the communists. Some army units support the communists. Most of the army units support the, re- the rebels, the rising, so that gives it a lot of legitimacy. Uh, the, um, well, by, by about November 4th, on November 4th, I think the Soviets just, you know, decide it's all over and move into the country in, um, in force. Uh, they, 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 well, they were held up in some places. In, Bel- in Budapest, they were probably given the most resistance. And uh, uh, there was an attempt to uh, reorganize the defenders and so on. Uh, there was a ceasefire at one point, you know. And so uh, between the 28th and the 4th. Well, the, the ceasefire really went from like the 28th to the 30th. And I think yeah. the 30th is the date when the secret policemen are killed and then the Russians you know, it starts picking up again because the Russians are reinforcing yeah. on the first. And like I said, no, there's the, the 4th of November is when the, the, the Russian, uh, the Soviet army, Red Army's unleashed. So. Yeah. Yeah. But um, then it's just a matter of, uh, uh, I mean, Bela, you said, you know, basically it was in, in the face of, you know, stand, you know, full up Soviet resistance, there was no hope that they could win. So he basically, you know, turned the operation into a rear guard, you know, keep, keep, keep the Soviets slow, slow, slow them down as much as possible so that as many people as possible can get away. Um, and, um, you know, withdraw very slowly. So it took about a week for the last of the, uh, uh, the revolutionaries to cross the border you know, in, in, into Austria. Uh, as you say, there was that wink. Uh, it's, it's also possible that some people were going the other way uh, with, with the wink. Because Austria had just been uh, set up as an independent public again. And um, the total casualties, a few thousand on each side. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of people were shot afterwards. Uh, you know, uh, and Baylor was again sentenced to death, although he had escaped by then. That was his third death sentence. Uh, and um, it does lead to some changes. Uh, Kadar comes in, and he's a little well. A- after the initial retaliation, since. Um, uh, the Russians aren't exactly sure of what they're going to do in Russia with Stalin gone, and they're starting de-Stalinization. The the uh, the post-revolution regime is a little better than than the pre-revolution regime. So there was that that sort of victory, you might say, um, uh, in that in that sense. Uh, this is 
also, I think, um, as, I, as I said earlier, you know, it, it, it probably falls into the, the power struggle in, in Russia. Khrushchev is, uh, is, you know, uses, this is partly helps Khrushchev to solidify his control, um, control in Russia. The other thing we need to remember is that while this is going on, it's the, uh, the Suez crisis is unfolding. So the attention of the West is split between this potential war, this real war in, in, in you know, between France, and, um, with Britain and France and, uh, and Egypt, um, and, um, and the, the Arab-Israeli war. So uh, uh, these two major crises going on at the same time uh, did, did not help you know, cre- create a, a, a solid front on the West. Um, I mean, you know, we went to the UN to uh, uh, right the first or second day of the of the Hungarian crisis, and and uh, but at the same time, you know, the Suez crisis is going on, and um, there was no way to. The Soviets are, are championing the Third World. Position there are there isn't a lot of third world in 1956, but there is some. Uh, so you're not going to get a UN decision over either Suez or uh, Hungary. And uh, in the long run, Bela called it the first war between social states. So I I think he interpreted it as more of a uh, it wasn't the war for Hungarian independence so much as the war for the Hungarian way of doing communism. Because he remained a, a socialist. Uh, he even went to, uh, uh, regularly went to uh, international socialist conferences, you know, conferences of socialist scholars and whatnot. Um, he also was a major advisor. His experiences in Hungary um, made him a major advisor to, uh, to both the CIA and the State Department for about, um, well, for the next 30-odd years. When Andropov was uh, uh, made the, uh, the head of the Soviet Union, uh, Bela went was 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 invited down to um, to Washington uh, because he had he had negotiated with Andropov and he basically said don't trust the guy <laughs> which was true because <laughs> the guy uh, Andropov was the uh, uh, the Soviet ambassador to, uh, to Hungary and he lied to Naj that the Soviets were not going to intervene and so on and so on and so on uh, and. Um, you know, well, that was like a day before or two days before the intervention happened. Uh, so, probably the thing that that really set off the Soviets was the fear that they would lose Hungary as a bastion against the West, because pulling out of the Warsaw Pact. 
would mean a neutralized Hungary, even if it was communist. And um, that was something the Soviets were, were terrified of. You know, they wanted that, that glacé of satellite states to absorb any po possible invasion of uh, from the West. We we may we may think of it as paranoia, but um, in the, you know Russia had been invaded twice within a period of thirty years by Germany, and so uh, uh, you can see the things that were feeding the logic of what was going on in Russia. Could could they have managed it with a um, with a a Tito-like regime there? Well, that's hard to say. Um, there are, indi there are yeah. indications that Zukov thought they might, yes. and, and and you did have Austria as a neutralized buffer. I mean, yeah. that's that, that's all hindsight, but yeah. and, and yeah. Zukov exactly. was somebody that, that had uh, he got everyone's attention. There's no yeah. no doubt about that. So yeah, well, that's probably why why he would get sacked uh, within about a year, I think, right? Then when the Khrushchev sacked Zukov, um, about a year later. Um, Zhukov gets sacked uh, as a further uh, um, for, further cementing uh, Khrushchev's yeah yeah October fifty seven a year later. Well, gets, no, Al. My point is that that there were at least some thinking. Oh yeah, Russia, yeah. That, that 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 they might be able to live live with it. I I let, let me interject. Something at, at 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 this point. One of the things that is uh, still a uh, embitters many Hungarians, and I got a couple of emails from readers uh, mentioning this, either talking to Hungarians that they in the eighties, nineties, even <laughs> within the last yeah. ten years, uh, who were, were there, or or even young people, were in, you know, in the 1950s experienced it. Why didn't the West intervene? And I, I, this is something that uh, both Al and I got to chat with General Karai about, and he certainly understood the situation. Take a look at the geography. How do you get there? Do you go through mm -hmm. Austria? Do you go through Yugoslavia? And as Al points out, there's also the Suez crisis, which is really kicked off in uh, mid middle of the summer, July, I, th I think fifty six, with when yeah. Nasser uh, nationalizes the uh, uh, the Suez Canal. <clears throat> but you, you you have to look at the way the United States intended to pursue the, the Cold War. Uh, Eisenhower uh, conducts uh, again you know, here strategy page. Often, obviously, we're we're uh, war game. And, and, and simulations backgrounds. Uh, I conducted a war game now called Solarium, Solarium War Game, because it took place in the uh, the big meetings were held in the Solarium of the uh, of the of the White House to to analyze the the Truman administration's containment policy. And one of the teams. This was during the Eisenhower administration. Oh yeah, this is, yes, our, yes. this is during this is during the spring and summer of 1953, right after Ike Tate becomes uh, becomes becomes president. And one of the things that they they essentially they produced national NSC 162/2, which is a reinforcement and a reinvigoration 
of, of containment. And the United States is not going to engage in rollback, which is essentially what uh, 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 was uh, would have re- been required, some version of it, if we had intervened mm-hmm. in, 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 in Hungary. Uh, we weren't postured for it. We weren't going to risk... Uh, a, nu- a nuclear war, and I, I, it's really a brilliant document because you see uh, the Ike's fabulous strategic mind at, at work. This is long haul. We're going to have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. How do we pay for it? Because money gives us flexibility. I'm not going to get off on that. But here you have somebody who understands uh, the situation, and and it's, it's just not going to happen. But you cannot – the embittered Hungarians and uh, – handful that I have personally had, had contact with are not going to listen to that. Mm. Uh, and you'll hear also the thing, well, we were misled. Well, that goes back to how you interpret really one, two broadcasts and, and no. Uh, to some degree, the situation, as, as Al has described, just got out of hand. Were we really going to revolt? Did we intend to? What were our... What were our, uh, our, uh, our, our goals? It did become a heck of a fight. And this is where the Hungarian response is, you got to remember we're the only ones who really did it during the Cold War. And it's, that's, that's a reason for, and for, for, uh, to be proud on their part. But as, as for the casualties, over 2,000 Hungarians were, were killed, 20,000 wounded. Russian dead is at, 700, 699, I think is the official number. That's low, but uh, it's it, it's it's low. Uh, but that's the way they uh, they they uh, sold it. Was it dangerous? Immensely so. And uh, you know, one of the assumptions, and it is, is speculation. Even though I recall General Karai saying that he had reason to believe that this is what the Russians thought when they blow up a big when the rebels blow up a big ammo dump. That's but. West of Budapest, you know, in the direction of Austrian border, the Russian, uh, the two Russian tank divisions that are pursuing them stop. Uh, why? Well, a huge ammo dump. And did the, did the Russians believe the U.S. had intervened with tactical nuclear weapons? Well, there's some indication that they did think that. Now, that sounds very Hollywood, but it shows you the Russians understood how delicate this was very much. I knew that the certain U.S. options were there, and it's their own fears, as Al talked about, you know, why they, they talked about about, about uh, a counter-strike from the West, roll back, roll back from the West. But it just wasn't coming. And uh, then to get back to the, to the lingering is, issues of it is that there are a lot of embittered, uh, embittered people that say, you know, we revolted, and now it's become – portrayed as, you know, we were revolted. Well, they were revolting to be Hungarians. That's really where the common thread was. It's not whether they were democratic socialists like General Karai or Hungarian communists, mm-hmm. Hungarian being prime, a primate to it. They, they didn't want to be occupied by a foreign army. Mm-hmm. And they wanted, the other thing is they didn't want to be oppressed by a thug dictatorship like uh, like the one they've been under. So, Al, anything? I, I'm going to have to to go on this. Uh, this has been a, a lot of fun, but we've been talking for about 50 minutes here. Yeah. Uh, did I miss anything? Anything in that? No, I think I think that that covers it. It's it's. Um, um, I mean, it had potential if if you know in the West that, that 
the big danger was was if we tried to intervene, number one, how would we intervene? I mean, there's no way to get to Hungary. Um, so it's kind of a fruitless um, uh, undertaking. Uh, and it, it wouldn't have worked. We weren't, as they, you know, to use the employ the employ the. the it's, a, it's a meaningful term. West uh, NATO, U.S. We weren't postured or prepared for a, a, a quick intervention in Hungary. And like I said, how do you get there? Yeah. Yeah. So then yeah. I think that I I think that's all right. Well, uh, we'll wrap it up there. We we are out of time, and uh, we'll uh-huh. talk to you, uh, gentlemen, next time. Thanks. Watch, watch that gentleman stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. We'll and see thanks, you. Thanks for seeing. All right. <laughs>